Welcome to the GBC Sermon Podcast, a weekly podcast from Guymia Baptist Church in Sydney, Australia. I'm Mark Rader, Senior Pastor here at GBC, and I pray that your heart is open to hearing from God today. The message you are about to listen to, the second one for this week, was given on the occasion of a baptism service in our evening congregation. It's a word directed to those who were about to be baptized, but I hope that by listening in, you will be challenged and encouraged as well. Uh, so essentially what we're going to do now, uh, before they, they come up and we hear a little bit about their story and they're baptized, I actually want to say a few things to them. So uh, to Corey and to Lachlan and to Annie and to Hannah and to Kirsten, I want to say a few words to you. The rest of you can listen in uh, to this, uh, but this is a little bit of a thought for them uh, as they uh, take this step of baptism. Because in a few moments, you're going to step into some water that's more warm than cold, I believe. No, mostly cold. Matt's still shaking his head. That heater just was not worth the money, is it? So there you go. We've had the heater running, though, so we've, it's the thought that counts. You're about to step into some cold water, uh, and you're about to be baptized. And the, the reason why you're doing that and what that symbolizes uh, kind of has lots of different components to it. At one level, it is, of course, in obedience to the command of Jesus, who said that when people had placed their faith in him, they were called to repent, to turn away from their old way of living, uh, and to be baptized as a sign of that. Uh, it's kind of like a bit of a bathtub, just as an aside. If you're thinking to yourself, I really want to have a look at that thing, but I wonder if it's too consecrated or holy. It's not. Uh, just come on up after the service. Just don't fall in. That's, those are the only rules. Uh, but you're going to go into this, and there's an element where you are uh, kind of affecting the, the cleansing of all, all the stuff that has separated you from God. At the same time, you know, we're going to be put, putting you under the water. Uh, and for that kind of brief moment, you will be buried underwater as Jesus was buried, and then you will be raised back to life. We'll only hold you down for a moment. You'll be raised back to life uh, because it's in his resurrected power that we live. Uh, And so while what you're about to do kind of contains all of those components, and it's of course a very significant step, it is only one step as you follow after Jesus. And so I thought I'd like to share a few words with you from uh, Mark's gospel or his, the account of Jesus that a fellow named Mark wrote nearly 2,000 years ago. When Jesus uh, told this, this parable, part of his teaching, uh, you might be familiar with it. The rest of you, again, can listen in. Uh, it'll be on the screen behind me if you're interested in following along. It's from Mark chapter 4, and it goes like this. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake, and the crowd that gathered around him was so large He got onto a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seeds, some fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, The twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. 
Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. I'm sure the five of you have heard that before. Some of you are involved in youth ministry. You may have actually done a youth talk on that same passage. And it's a fairly significant passage. In Jesus' own words, he basically says, if you understand this parable, that's the key to understanding all of my parables. That's fairly important. And this is sometimes called the parable of the sower. But the sower hardly kind of makes much of an appearance, right? He shows in chuck seed everywhere and then disappears. It's also not really about the seed because the seed is good. Regardless of whether the seed falls on the path or on the shallow stony soil or in the thorns or in the good soil, it it will grow. The seed is the same. This parable is about four different responses to the seed, four different hearts of those who hear the word. And I would like to think that the five of you here today represent the fourth soil. Those who have heard the word have received it with joy and in you it is beginning to grow. The good news of Jesus, the things that we just sang, your belief that he has come to restore the world and has invited you to be a part of it, your understanding that you on your own, in your own strength will just kind of wander away from God and yet he has done everything to bring you back. That by his grace and by his mercy, you have been invited into that. You are the good soil here tonight. We get to watch as the word of God bears fruit in your life. I have no idea how to work out the 30, 60, or 100 part. We'll figure it out later. But I'd like to say to you that there are three things that I reckon are really important as you take this step of faith, this really important step in an ongoing life of following Jesus. The first of them is this. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because of those four soils, you know, there may have been a time for each of you when your heart was a little bit like that first path, where the good news just kind of bounced off it. It was kind of irrelevant. It didn't make any sense. It wasn't particularly compelling. It wasn't interesting. You didn't pay any attention to it. It was just gone. And I know that for some of you, you've also been a little bit like the second seed, where there's been trouble and hardship, and you've wondered, do I have enough roots to kind of push through this? And you have. And other times you've kind of made decisions about setting aside the distractions of the world in order to follow Jesus, that third soil. But just because your hearts are now open to the word of God does not mean that they will always remain so. I'd love to tell you that as soon as you come out of that water, all your troubles are gone. I mean, wouldn't everyone be baptized if that were the case? I'd love to tell you that, you know, when you come out of that water, no matter what trouble or persecution or hardship or suffering or doubts or questions you have, they'll just kind of drip off you just like that water does. No problem at all. I'd love to say that once you come out of that water, the world will hold no more distraction for you. But the reality is, that's not the case. So guard your heart to remain open to God. And the best way to do that, secondly, is to listen to Jesus. Listen to him. 
It's remarkable how significant listening is in this story. Jesus begins by saying, listen. And he finishes by saying, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And it's more than just listening to the story and kind of going, that was a weird story about some farmer who does some weird stuff with the seed. It's about hearing who Jesus is. And then all the way through it, when he interprets the parable, he talks about those who hear the word, but it bounces off their heart. So those who hear the word with, and receive it with joy, but the hardship withers them away. Or those who receive the word and hear it, but then it gets choked out. And those who hear the word. And the wonderful thing about listening to Jesus is that it's not secretive, it's not mysterious. I don't know if you noticed that bit. Uh, Jesus uh, finishes teaching. He says, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And then the very next line is, his disciples came to Jesus and said, uh, what was that all about? I find that very encouraging that the 12 disciples had no idea what Jesus was on about, even though they were listening to him. Your stance of coming and listening to Jesus, being opening to hear him in his word, in prayer, from those around you is critical to keeping your heart, the soil of your heart open to him. And then finally, can I encourage you to also sow seed the same way that this farmer does. Not much of a farmer, plants come to my house to die, so I have no idea what that looks like. But I don't, you don't have to be much of a farmer to know that this is kind of a strange way to sow seed. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you get a bunch of seed on the footpath, you're not doing it right. If you end up with a bunch of seed on the footpath, a bunch in the rocks, a bunch in the weeds, like, you might want to rethink your line of work, right? But this is how the sower sows the seed. And of course, in this context, it's Jesus talking about himself. And how does Jesus sow seed? He throws it everywhere. The good news that he has come to bring, he just throws everywhere because you never know where you're going to find some good soil. Ever wonder at how well weeds grow in cracks? Seems to be some good soil in all the cracks and all the pavers in every single house I've ever owned. They find good soil anywhere. Jesus sows the seed everywhere in the hope that somebody somewhere might receive it. And you are called to do the same. In your words, in your actions, in your attitudes, and how quickly and willingly you forgive in how you serve others, in how you seek not to be rewarded for what you do, in how you live as those who have been saved by grace, not because of what you've done, as those who extend mercy and compassion to those around you. Sow the seeds everywhere, because that's what you're called to do. This is the mission that God has invited you into. This is the opportunity that you have said yes to as part of your baptism. And so while this is about cleansing, it's about uh, death and resurrection, it's about obedience, it's about faithfulness. It is an opportunity for you to step into all that Jesus has invited you to. And I hope that those words stick with you, to guard your heart, to listen to the Lord, and to continue to just, in everything you do, invite others to follow Jesus as you have. So I'm gonna invite you five up, come on up now, and Matt, and Kat. Uh, Matt Willis uh, was the youth coordinator uh, here and so has, uh, has spent a lot of time with these young people. He's recently moved into an associate role but uh, still has connections with them. Kat is uh, our new youth and young adults coordinator and she's also had a role in their life as well. 
Uh, we want to take an opportunity, I want to take an opportunity to pray for them before we kind of hear a bit of their story and watch them get baptized. Matt will kind of explain the technical components of what's happening, and then there'll be an opportunity to scramble and move to get the seats you need and all of those sorts of things. Look at this. They're standing on tape marks. So that's why it looks so choreographed. It, it is. That's the reason. So smoke and mirrors. But would you join me as we pray for them? Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for these young people. Uh, we thank you for all that they mean to us, uh, whether we are their parents or their siblings, their uncles and aunts or grandparents, whether we're their friends, uh, whether we're neighbors, uh, colleagues, or whatever our relationship is with them, we thank you for bringing them into our lives. And we thank you for what you've been doing in them. And whether we, um, whether we understand everything that they're on about, we just, we're, we're, we're excited to see the kind of men and women that they are becoming. And I want to pray right now in Jesus' name for each one of them, for uh, Annie and Hannah and Kirsten and Lachlan and Corey. And I want to pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, they would guard their hearts, that they would continue to be open to listening to you, and that in all the things that they do, they would invite others to follow Jesus even as they have done themselves. I want to pray for them now as they share some of their story, as they make a public confession of their faith in you. I want to pray that you'd calm their nerves, that they'd be able to speak, uh, speak clearly and plainly, that we would hear uh, in their stories, part of our own, that we'd be encouraged and excited by what you're doing in their life. And we ask that this significant step forward would simply be one more step in a lifetime of following after you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, but have not yet been baptized, let me invite you to consider if that might not be your next faithful step. And as you follow Jesus, guard your heart, listen to him, and sow the seeds you have been given that others might begin to follow him too. This message will be the basis for the Big Three podcast, a weekly podcast that addresses three big questions raised by the message or service. This week, we'll be dealing with what we call a fourth question, a single topic that is big enough to justify its own podcast. In this case, the question of baptism. The Big Three is generally released on Wednesday afternoons and is available on all major podcast platforms. Thanks for joining us again this week as we continue to listen for the invitation of God. Until next time, God bless.